You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati, marhaban bikum. Fi al-hawar al-siniy al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Welcome back to the program. I'm Bridget Mutambirwa coming to you from the Chinese capital in Beijing. Today we reflect on China-Africa in 2023, in a year when headlines have been dominated by conflicts in Europe and in the Middle East. China-Africa relations were, in comparison, a steady and stable norm. Our program has been following China-Africa relations for two years, and today Professor Liu Baocheng, Director of Center of International Business Ethics, University of International Business and Economics, and Professor Charles Onanaiju, Director of the Center for China Studies in Nigeria, join me to discuss a few key moments from this year and provide a forecast of what to expect in 2024. Our discussion aims to reveal how the relations between China and Africa have focused on building momentum and deepening ties, promoting export and trade, and supporting the development of each other. Before we go into our discussion, listeners, please note that this episode will be divided into two parts, but keep an eye out for part two of this episode next week at the same time. Professors, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. All right. We discussing China-Africa 2023, um, what was like in 2023, and we'll have a little sneak peek and some predictions from you both later on in the program. But perhaps before we delve deep into our discussion, I'd like to know from you, Professor Liu, what is your assessment of the China-Africa relations in 2023? Well, as you correctly pointed out, the China-Africa has been working on a very steady and uh, resilient basis uh, given the complex global environment, the regional conflict, and the protectionism. Yes, there has been difficult three years for the pandemic disruption, and uh, some of the countries are also running into fiscal deficit and even debt problems. The trade has been actually conducted on a very smooth basis. We noticed actually over the past 10 uh, years, there has been double-digit growth in terms of the China-Africa trade and uh, the momentum of uh, the Chinese outbound investment is uh, still very strong. And uh, then we can also see more of uh, African students are returning on our campus and they're also working very hard. So overall, I think trade, investment, people-to-people exchanges are there. And particularly, we see that uh, this year, the Belt and Road Summit has been conducted very successfully, and uh, Chinese President Xi has made uh, very solid and even quantifiable commitments to boost the China-Africa relationship with uh, the many of the identified projects. And so both sides are still, of course, are on the learning curve as how to adapt to each other in terms of infrastructure, in terms of the industrial structure, and uh, see how both sides can really work on a mutual benefit basis, and more importantly, how Africa can really benefit on a sustainable basis from the engagement with China. 
Professor Ananaichu, I'd like to hear your opinion before we delve deep into the discussion. What were some of the highlights uh, for you in the China-Africa relations for the year 2023? Thank you. I think uh, Professor Liu has uh, rightly pointed out some important uh, landmarks. I also like to point out some very important events also that uh, highlighted the continuous expansion of cooperation between China and Africa. By June, the second China-African Trade Expo, Economic and Trade Expo, was held in Shangsha, capital city of Hunan. It was successful. African products made their entry to Chinese market. The Chinese market welcomed wholeheartedly African products. The scale of uh, engagement significantly increased. Deals were signed and uh, new products from Africa gained entrance into Chinese market. A whole range of Chinese businesses had uh, a lot of understanding with their African counterparts. And that was the third edition since the mechanism was instituted in 2018 at the Summit of China-African Cooperation in Beijing. And um, the framework has become a very important uh, landmark in China-African cooperation, especially in advancing economic and trade relations. And of course, trade, you know, there is uh, African trade grew much stronger. Uh, export from African countries to China gained considerable leverage, bridging the trade gap, raised the quality of trade between the two sides. Um, of course, uh, not quite long after that, the China-African Tic Tank Exchange held in the, in the city of Jianghu in Zhejiang province, also highlighting the important exchanges between uh, tick tanks, academia, and other sectors, other academic scholarly sectors in China-African cooperation. So you could see the all-round development of this cooperation from the business communities to academic tick tanks. The Jinghua exchanges were very vigorous. It um, reflected on the progress of China-African cooperation, especially since the seventh or the eighth ministerial conference in Senegal, Dakar. It reviewed the nine-point agenda which presidency issued and how far it has gone. And um, it was generally agreed that the cooperation between the two sides remain robust, remain innovative and right on track. And of course, like uh, Professor Liu, the highlight or the peak of this was the third forum of the BRI, marking the 10th anniversary of the BRI. African countries make very important representation. Nigeria had a highest level delegation yet since the, since the initiation of the Belt and Road. The vice president led a team of almost nine high-level cabinet, senior cabinet ministers with heads of important government departments. And uh, several deals worth up to six billion US dollars were signed. She had spared time from his tight schedule to meet with Nigerian delegation. So these are very important landmarks in China-African cooperation. And they, they are not for nothing. Of course, the, the Shanghai import Expo, African countries also participated, highlighting once again China's determination to open wider and uh, continued on the reform measure, which uh, is uh, well known to also provide significant input to several countries in the world, especially Africa. So in a year, like you have noted, Africa-China cooperation seems to be on a steady momentum and uh, is becoming a very important at a model 
for advancing international cooperation. So overall, I would say that China-African cooperation met the expectation that we are growth in all around, people to people, vigorous exchanges between government, high-level exchanges, and um, well, nothing less to expect in 2024 than what we have witnessed. We also wish to see qualitative growth in this engagement. It's interesting that some of the highlights you picked trade and you also made reference to some of these trade expos that took place in 2023. In June, the third China-Africa Economic and Trade Expo was held in Changsha. And during the expo, I had a chance to speak with Mr. Craig Polkinghorne and he's head of commercial banking with Standard Bank. And he gave his insights on some notable trends in trade between Africa and China and what they could be reflecting on the bilateral trading space between China and African countries. I think it's important to understand how big the opportunity is. In the year 2000, the index was 100 points, and in 2022, that was 990 points. The increase in trade has been very rapid, showing a very positive trend. If you look at trade in 2022 versus the first few months of 2023, we are up in terms of Africa-China trade, it is very positive for both China and Africa. Now, I'd like to know from Professor Ananaiju, what would you say were some of the important takeaways from the trade events for Africa and China in 2023? Yeah, like I said, one African product gained significant entry, as you know, in 2021 at the Dakar Summit of China-African Cooperation, among the important nine points agenda for driving the cooperation in three years, Pradeshi outlined that China will uh, provide or purchase 300 billion worth of agricultural products from Africa, and a special green zone will be created to facilitate the clearance and entrance of African products to China. So I think uh, the mechanism of um, the China-African Trade and Economic Expo was quite significant in driving this process. And uh, as you noted, a whole range of deals were signed, the major contracts were signed, uh, African products get significant entrance in Chinese market. Nigeria particularly established a Nigerian house, a permanent Nigerian house in, uh, in Shangsha to boost uh, Nigerian exports and Nigerian products entrance into China and several other African countries, including South Africa, Kenya, Zambia, whole lot of them made an interesting entrance into Chinese market. And uh, there was a huge reservoir of uh, goodwill. And um, it is hoped that uh, the next edition will also mark significant improvement in the quality of goods and products entering China from Africa. And uh, this played an important role in answering one of the important questions about China-African economic and trade cooperation, which has been the balance in favor of China. So recently, we have seen a significant increase in African side of the trade. We've seen nearly 20% rise in African exports to China. The trajectory of the trade is going towards symmetrism, you know, and uh, uh, providing basis for continuous growth in the trade. So I think the China-African Trade and Economic Expo 
which holds every three years. It's a very important mechanism to continuously expand on this and uh, support Africa to diversify her respective economies. Like you know, most African economies are dominated by a single uh, mineral product like Nigeria oil. But um, with the increasing trade with China, especially with uh, access of African agricultural product to China, and Africa is going to have opportunity to diversify her respective internal economies. And this uh, aligns with the challenge of structural reforms of African economies. So I think uh, China engagement with Africa, especially in trade and economic relations, is having significant impact in the structural transformation of African various economies as they seek to diversify away from dominant um, resources. So I think uh, it's very significant and uh, this trend is said to grow. Okay. I think, you know, in addition to bilateral trade, as a matter of fact, the deeper commitment on both sides can help each other actually to further expand their trade radium for African part in terms of the regional trade, given more of the Chinese uh, manufacturing capacities presence over there. It's not only there to provide the job opportunities, but also help them to boost their export of uh, the capacity to the other part of uh, the neighboring countries and even Europe and America. And for China, with more of the import of the uh, raw materials uh, from energy to timber to cotton, etc., China is the biggest manufacturing plant. So therefore, we are also making a lot of more products, uh, not only catered to Africa, but also to the every corner of the entire world. So this is really a uh, synergetic approach. They are not really confined to bilateral trade. Actually, by the enhanced capacity from both sides, we are able to really contribute to the world trade growth. Mm. And still on you, Professor Liu Baocheng, in 2024, can we expect the demand for critical minerals for clean energy technologies to increase and perhaps more mineral investments in Africa by Chinese companies? Well, we have to face the reality very realistically. At the moment, the reliance on the fossil-based energy is still very large, but both sides are highly committed to renewable energy. And now China does really enjoy a superb advantage in the solar panel projects and in the technology. So we see that uh, over the past, particularly five years, there has been a steady increase of uh, renewable energy projects, uh, both within China and Africa, uh, given the our joint efforts. And now the key is still how we can really make our energy, even uh, fossil-based, more efficient. So that's uh, very important. And now, particularly for Africa, in the whole process of uh, industrialization and urbanization process, they need more powerful energy to support the program. At the moment, the renewable energy, although it really points to the future, it does not really satisfy the immediate capacity building. Therefore, a more realistic approach is that uh, we need to uh, keep a fine balance. And uh, actually, as the Chinese recent, the Central Work Conference pointed out, we must establish before we eliminate. 
and this also applies to the industrial upgrading and energy transformation for both China and Africa. So let's you know get the capacity being filled with whatever is available, and, uh, and now and we can really earn our space and the extra energy to move forward with the energy uh, transformation. Now, talking about the China-African energy trade, and definitely China contributes 20% to the whole manufacturing capacity of the whole world and in terms of manufactured goods. Many European countries, the uh, America, they do not really make a lot of uh, manufactured goods anymore. They don't make TVs, they don't make shoes, etc. It is actually largely China working with ASEAN countries, working with uh, African countries to make those tangible and solid utilities we can really enjoy. Therefore, we must be able to, to uh, communicate and also trade with more of the uh, raw materials. The immediate gain we can do is to increase those uh, energy efficiency and reduce the cost of doing that. Uh, having said that, the Chinese export of its e-vehicles to the world and also to Africa has really witnessed quite a surge. So this will expand the, the new energy utility in Africa, and uh, that can also boost people's uh, desire for a higher level of uh, living style and also more demand for uh, the improvement of infrastructure within Africa. One area that also perhaps characterized the year 2023 for China and Africa, and that was in building momentum and deepening ties. And I'll take the case of Zambia. In 2023, China was the first official international creditor to implement debt relief actions for Zambia. Now, moving forward in 2024, Professor Liu, can we expect more African countries to be on the list of debt reconciliation? Well, Zambia is really a more outstanding case because they default on roughly two billion loans to all international creditors. And actually China is there to trim off the outstanding balance. As for the commercial loans, we can consider restructure and even refinance. I do not think China is ready to forgive most of the loans to Africa because um, many of them are arranged on contract basis. For some of the projects, we identify they are either concessional loans, they are either aid or commercial loans or low interest ones. For those uh, zero interest ones, it is really more close to the aid program. China is now working with many more of African countries one is to really to counter the debt trap allegation from many of the Western media and even Western politicians. It is really the sincere will that really bonds us together. And China is not really gaining a lot more political gains in those commercial loans, but uh, those loans are there to supposed to be there uh, either to aid the a basic living standard or relief some of the disasters and uh, more of those loans are really on those uh, improvement of uh, infrastructure projects. On the China side, we are also doing a lot more hard work in, first of all, classify the different nature of those loans 
and then make assessment of the affordability of uh, those uh, you know debtor countries, and then uh, we also work more proactively as how we can really restructure, how we can really help you know the earning capacity of some of those projects. So to directly answer your question, I do not think China is ready and China is ob- obliged to cancel or forgive all the those debts. It's uh, both sides that are able to work together or even involve third countries and also international organizations to deal with such sort of cases. Okay, so Professor Liu, what can we say um, into 2024? Because later in the year, a forum on China-Africa Cooperation Summit is due to be hosted by China. And typically, the forum leads to announcements of new directions in China-Africa ties by both sides and commercial deals being agreed. Do relations look set to keep evolving and growing in this area into the new year? Globally, China is there to defend the interest of uh, all the South-South countries to bargain, for example, for common but differentiated responsibility within the climate treaties. And uh, China is also offering the best practice to work with Africa in the first place on some of the green projects, particularly when we see that uh, President Xi mentioned that it is not only those signature projects, but also some of the small and beautiful projects that can immediately contribute to the livelihood of uh, African people. We also shall involve on the science and technology exchanges. So there is commitment from China to help Africa to build uh, up to 100 the R&D labs. And then capacity building is the firm commitment that China has already made because President Xi promised that by 2030, we are going to train up to uh, 100,000 talents from uh, the Belt Road countries in which the Africa takes a whole lion's share. I think one decisive issue is that uh, after China has built the corporate social responsibility, the initiative in Africa, the next is uh, to work with uh, some of the African countries as how to build uh, the integrity and compliance assessment program involving many of those think tanks and also involving the international organizations to ensure that uh, both those of those investment, loans, and uh, trade projects can really be operated on a transparent and sustainable basis. The other issue is that uh, President Xi has made a great emphasis on building the e-commerce with the support of the new digital technology. So we can anticipate from beginning of next year, more of the Chinese e-commerce giants will step up their efforts to explore the opportunity to build joint pioneering zones within Africa and getting connected more smoothly with China. All of these uh, uh, efforts will add to uh, positive prospects for uh, the coming year. Many of those stakeholders are really looking forward to have a higher level of uh, engagement so that uh, particularly for the younger generation, especially for those who are trained 
bilingually and uh, cross-culturally within China can really have a large room to start their entrepreneurship with those e-commerce. Wonderful insights there, Professors Liu Baocheng and Charles Unanaiju. Thank you so much for your time and also wish you a pleasant and a happy 2024. Please join us again next week, the same time for part two of our discussion on year 2023, China and Africa in retrospect and what to expect in 2024. We'd also like to bring forth our sincere gratitude to the ones who have contributed immensely to the success of our program throughout the year 2023. May the year 2024 be a great year filled with health, prosperity and endless opportunities. Until next year, Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.